de Global Latin Factor Podcast. Uh-huh. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Global Latin Factor, your one-stop place to know everything there is to know about all the contributions. Okay, so let me not say that because there's so many things that Latino culture and everything has contributed. So we're going to touch and, and have episodes for ages to do so, but there is a lot, lots, muchas, like exaggerated amount of things that we contributed. However... We're going to attempt to make it your number one place, number one stop to explore everything there is to know about Latino or at least spawn your curiosity to where we talk about something. I'm like, let me go ahead and do more research on that, because maybe I didn't understand that the way that Crispin said the, the tortilla part, man, I don't believe him more. Maybe I just want to curious for myself. So maybe we can just spark your curiosity to go and find out about different things. Maybe I don't really believe everything that he said about Dr. Molina or Dr. Ochoa. So let me explore myself. Or maybe even want to fact check me to see if that's what it is. And then eventually you'll see some of the things that we're bringing to the light is the things that have happened, that the Latino culture have contributed to the world. And here's it's another one. That we're going to go ahead and talk about. So again, my name is Crispin Valentin. I am your host of the Global Latin Factor podcast. And this one, I actually gave him uh, Carlos. We're going to call him Carlos. That's his real government name. He's a, uh, we're going to call him producer, uh, cameraman, and uh, also another Latino. He So he, I had told him, I had told him days ago because you know every time we off camera we talk about different things and i get into how much things we contributed and this and that and i told him the chocolate was contributed by latino or the latino culture he's like nah it came from africa and i'm like i i, I kind of thought i knew what i was talking about right so i had to go back and do some research and then like he's not wrong but he's not all the way right and that's what we're going to talk about. Next, next subject that we're going to be talking about is chocolate chocolate. So before we begin to talking about chocolate, we got to take a step back, back, way back. So we're talking about the cocoa tree from South America, Central America. That's where it originated from as far as the where cocoa, where chocolate actually, before you even get chocolate, you have to, you know, harvest this tree. And this is found, again, in Central, South America. And this is where the actual, it's like a, this, I'm going to go into more details of what it is. So we're talking about back in 2012, this is a huge industry as far as chocolate. 83 million is, is how much is worth as far as the contribution of how the market for chocolate is 83 billion and as far as where it originated, you know how things like this are uh, 4,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, a long time, all right? So we can trace the history of chocolate. The history of chocolate can be traced all the way to ancient Mayans and earlier to ancient Olmec, Olmecas in South Mexico. The word, the word chocolate may, uh, it's, it's, it just, so there's different things, right? Because... So the word chocolate itself is supposed to be a combination of the way that the Asian, the actual, the Olmec said it, and then the way that the uh, the Europeans, 
got the word, you know. So they made a mixture of it, and eventually we get chocolate later on. But before then, it was just kawat, uh, kawat they called it, and that's pretty much what chocolate was. So, you know, again, before they even began to make the actual chocolate bars and everything else we have in between, it used to be considered bitter. It wasn't sweet. They used to make it. It just it depended on where you were at. So pretty much what they did is that they, they did a brew a lot of the times. Most of the brew might have contained just uh, chile, like peppers, and maybe some corn. And that's maybe the way that they used to consume it back in the day. So chocolate is made from the fruit of the cacao, not cocoa, my bad, cacao tree, which is native of Central and South America. The, fru the fruits are called pods, and each pod contains about 40 cacao beans. And the beans are dried and roasted to create the cocoa beans. So out of this plant, the cacao plant, you get the pods. And inside the pods, you get the actual beans. That is the start of the chocolate. Without this plant that was native to South America, Central America, you would not be able to have chocolate in this modern day world. So, again, we're Latinos. We come from Central South America, you know, all the Caribbean, things like that. This plant can only grow in this part of the world. And this is the place where they came and got this plant so they can contribute and distribute to the entire world. So without this Latino contribution, I know it's been years ago, the principle is still stays the same. It is the reason that there's chocolate all over. And it wouldn't be because Europeans, and again, Again, I understand Europeans came, explored this, but at the end of the day, this was already grown, and it's a contribution from the Latino culture to the world, which is chocolate. It is still unclear where cacao came in the scene uh, or who invented it. According to Haynes Levis, cultural arts uh, curator of the Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian Ancient Olmec Pots, uh, the uh, Olmec Pot and Vessels, they, they, we're talking about a long time ago, back in, in 1500 BC, they were, they discovered traces of, of certain things and certain compounds that you find in chocolate and tea. And that's how they can tell how things came to be. All right. So I want to talk about something that I, I, I for whatever reason, it just, it's always, it's, it's a thought of mine. And I, I'm pretty sure somebody already did a paper, discovered, trace, whatever the case might be. Right. But a lot of the times when you look at Mexicano or Latino, you can't help to to see that they look just like a native individual, like a native, um, like a native person that was here before any Europeans got here. You know, you would just look just like them. They were very similar looking structure and things like that. So my thought is that. So there was a land bridge. We're talking about millions of years ago. Eventually, they crossed over the land bridge. Some people were stuck in the middle. Some people kept going down. And that's how the Americas came to be populated. I, I don't believe there was anything here because if everything came from, from Africa and moved all over the world and traveled to Asia, to Europe and everything, and eventually made the land bridge of that was covered with ice to the Americas, then from then, there's no up anymore. So everything came down. So all the natives and things like that, there's even stories about certain tribes in the americas in, in the u.s that that can literally trace their lineage all the way to like 
all the way to the Mayans and way down south. And it only makes sense that they will continue to. I mean, think about it, the way we function. Think about the way we function. We just are so curious about everything, just about, you know. What is the reason why we're going to the moon? Why why, why are we going to Mars, you know? It's an endless curiosity about just continuing to be like, not be stable and just be here. Just be continuous to be curious about different things that that there is in the world. There's We're just natural, natural explorers, you know. So I feel like the way that when he mentioned about it regarding American Indians, it just only makes sense that we're so kin and we're so have so much of genes and our genetics together with them that you just can't help but to connect those two together as far as Omex and natives and uh, native Indians. So again, I do apologize. However you want to be called indigenous person here, original person from that was here already way before anybody else. You know, it's just, you can't help. But when you read certain things that certain, those things will be connected because it only makes sense that we'll be connected. All right. So the Omex used to make it for ceremonial possibly, or just to, you know, celebrate, of course, ceremonial, that would be a ceremonial, or, you know, just if you were well off, if you had more money than other people, you were doing better for yourself, then you would use some chocolate, sell cacao, and cacao was became very, very valuable. We're talking about back in the days, they consider cacao a currency, and at one time, it was even more, more valuable than gold. So you can go and you look at back in the days, this robe or whatever it is that you want. I got a couple of cacao beans and there you go. You can buy whatever. And that's how they were used to do and pay and use it as currency. And it's crazy to me. They used to think that there was so much gold, so much gold that we had. And it takes so much effort to make the cacao beans into what they are and to cook them. To do the whole process to to get it to be chalk or just the cacao that they consider to be currency money they used to consider it to be money again the mayans uh we don't we all this is speculation people research people looked in certain things and try to figure out the best place of where it came from but you can't help to just kind of sort of make an assumption of where everything came and uh no, so even the Mayans back in the day, they, they mentioned different things as far as chocolate for celebration and important transaction. Despite that, you know, it's just some of the Mayans, some of the uh, Aztecs, actually, actually, the Aztecs gave it so much meaning as far as what it was, like cacao, that they thought that cacao came and was given to them by the Aztec gods, by a god. A god gave them the, the, the chocolate. That's how much admiration they had for cacao because, again, it was like currency. It was very, very expensive to, to, to make, to have, and they enjoyed the caffeinated, you know, the cold with the spicy, just real nice. And I know if you know, especially in a cold day, during the winter time or just being cold and just enjoying a nice hot and how it, it makes you like a nice cocoa and how it makes you real comfortable, real warm inside. They had the same feeling back in the days, most most likely in a pure form, a little bit more potent, a little bit more warm and more caffeine back in the days. And, uh, you know, that's that's where it came. So there's actually um, one of the Aztecs, there's the uh, one of the rulers, which is... Uh, Moctezuma II, he actually, they said that he actually drank gallons, gallons 
of cacao of chocolate because uh so apparently it gave them a lot of energy and it's considered an aphrodisiac you know if, if you know what an aphrodisiac then you know what it is and uh there's a lot of things that happen you know because i watch different documentaries about food and things like that and and in different cultures they eat different things like different weird things and there's a there's a pattern to it because a lot of the times certain foods get eaten for the same belief that it's an aphrodisiac. <laughs> so if you hear of some culture eat something weird, I guarantee you that you chase it down. Some men <laughs> believe that the reason why is because you know it gives them more uh, energy, more potency. So in the Aztec times, a lot of the times they used to give the chocolate to some of the military people for you know their work for for battling for you know going out there and fighting and again it was valuable it was like currency and you know they have to pay them with something there is a mention of so so there is not really a pinpoint there's all kinds of different dates as far as where or how it got to europe so there's a belief hernan cortez came they saw the way they drank it. They didn't really like it. They thought it was disgusting. They even thought it was pig food. And then they were really not care for it. Take it away. Some made it all the way to, to Spain, all the way to Europe. There's even a, some, another version of it that I heard that Christopher, Christopher Columbus, the famer, you know, I won't be honest with this guy. I can't believe we celebrate a guy that got lost. They didn't get to the place. And again, if you're, if you're Italian, I'm sorry. But facts are facts. We got to call it like it is. Even our Latino people, some of them were not the greatest people ever. They did some very horrible things. But at the end of the day, you got to call it like it is. And homie was lost. He was lost. And then we give him, like, we give him the credit of discovering all this. And this was already here. It wasn't, he can't discover something that's already present. All right. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you how it is. And then there's a lot of, stories about many things that he stole and how many things that he was a great he was he was a con he was a con whether you want it or not he was a, he was a really good con because he can con kings for money to make it to journeys but apparently he has his mix in chocolate that he ran into uh some spaniards and you know they interacted and that's how he came so his name is mentioned in there so and then again there's also the mention of hernan cortez they took it all the way to spain spanish the spaniard they weren't really feeling it at that time they just thought it was not great but then eventually you know, cacao kept doing his thing eventually the uh some of the Spaniards and some of the people in Europe actually started using it as medicine because apparently it it could help you with your if you had a stomachache and different things like that. So they would use it as medicine at the time, and it kept progressing. Back in uh, no matter you know wherever chocolate came from, back in fifth in the 1500s, it was much you know much it was much loved by by the the Spaniards at that time, and it continued to make its journey through Europe. So. It goes all the way from Central South America. He makes starts journeying all the way to Europe, and then ev eventually start changing the recipe. You know, we get instead of using like the Spaniards and the Europeans started cooking it. Instead of cooking it with with like the chile, the, the pepper, instead of cooking it with the the corn, some kind of maize or some kind of masa, then they started instead of that they started adding cane sugar, cinnamon, and other spices to the way that they, the Europeans used to do things, and they continued to migrate all the way from every 
every place in Europe, London, Amsterdam, European cities, continue to journey all the way through. The Italians have their own version. The French have their own version of chocolate that they started doing. Eventually, it made a whole circle from Europe and it landed again back in uh, back in the 1964 in Florida. And supposedly they started the first chocolate house. So eventually they, they developed houses for chocolate that it was in Boston in 1982. By 1973, cacao beans, a major American colony import and a choc and chocolate was enjoyed by all classes. So back in the days, the, the reason why they mentioned classes is back in the days, they used to be more for the wealthy people, right? For people that had money. That's where you'll find chocolate. But eventually that didn't, that wasn't the case anymore. Even common people can go ahead and get some chocolate. In fact, during the Revolutionary War, chocolate was provided to the military people as rations and it was even used as payment. They used to pay the soldiers with cacao or with chocolate. Back in, uh, we keep journeying all the way to Europe and eventually gets here. And then we started developing the, what is now the, the modern day chocolate. When chocolate first came in the scene in Europe, it was considered, again, as I mentioned earlier, a luxury. But in 1828, a Dutch chemist by, man, here we go with his European names, my bad, Conrad Johans van Goten. Discover a way to treat cacao beans with an alkanized salt to make a powder. So what he did pretty much is mix the, the chocolate with a, a way to separate chocolate from the butter. So the powder, he made it a powder so the powder can mix better with the water, which, you know. And then later on, they continued to, you know, experiment. Now we got cacao and then the cacao now is separated from the butter. And now we got the powder and they continued to work chocolate, you know, and again, we're talking about years in the process and the making of it. And eventually there was a process that I mentioned earlier is this process was Dutch processing, which separated the, the butter, the cocoa butter from the, uh, the cacao to a powder and eventually continue, continue to be what he, you know, they, they just kept experimenting with different things. So to narrow it down as far as the modern day chocolate from as much as we know in the 19th century chocolate was enjoyed with uh, just the chocolate soaked with water and then they added milk. So milk became another thing to add chocolate with and then we became to be what it is, you know, adding it with milk and, and get cocoa. But then there was a, a Swedish chocolatier. Daniel Peter is generally credited for adding dry milk powder to chocolate to create a milk chocolate in, in 1876. But it wasn't until seven years later that he worked with a friend named Henry Nestle that they created Nestle Company and brought the milk chocolate to the masses. So pretty much what they did is first it was the cocoa powder. They finally separated that and then... They're still kind of bitter. It wasn't as sweet and smooth. And then all of a sudden, they added the chocolate milk, the milk powder, and then they created what is called now the modern-day chocolate. And it took even longer because after that, as far as chocolate came along uh, in, the in the 1900s, in 1879, another Swedish chocolatier, Rudolf Linden, invented the Korsch machine, which 
it mixes the actual chocolate and it gives it a smoother feeling. So before that, it wasn't as smooth. It was still real rough. It was mixed with milk, but it wasn't what we get today. And when he invented that machine, it gave it a smoother, a smoother feeling. And now it's what we get chocolate. And that's uh, like we got a, 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 a cacao plant, a, a bean that originated from from Central America, South America, went all the way to Europe. They did their own twist, did whatever they did, made it all the way to the Americas, and they did the process to do what they did, and eventually now it's what you do and what you get whenever Valentine's Day comes around and you forget your significant other, you forget uh, that it's Valentine's Day, you have to rush and hurry up and go to... Uh, Go to the store and grab you a box of chocolates and give it to your significant other so you won't be in the dark house because you forgot it was Valentine's Day and you have to run and get some chocolates. So there you go. You can thank the Latinos for that. You're welcome. Anytime. You need a safe, we got you. You need to be safe, we got you. I'm telling you. So the reason why I was mentioning that my friend over here, Carlos, was not all the way wrong is because he had mentioned the, the chocolate was... Um, from Africa, which what happened is the chocolate they used to harvest in, in, in Mexico, like in that area, Central America. There's only a certain area in the equator, real close to the equator is where it grows the best. There's a certain, I believe it's latitude where it grows the best, close to the equator, right? So they were, eventually they brought in slaves to harvest because it became so popular and they were making so much money and there was priests involved and there were you know, shipping it to Europe because they were t starting to become real popular. And then eventually, you know, everything that happened with slavery, we know, horrible thing. We don't want it. But it, eventually all that, because you couldn't bring in a slave anymore, they moved to almost the same equator line in Africa. They they moved their plantations and the, and the chocolate where it grows over there. So a lot of the chocolate now, it comes from Africa. It does come from Africa now, but the original plant itself, native to South Central America, most likely for the Olmecs, which is, you know, one of the, uh, Ast well, not Aztec tribes, they're their own tribe, but within the Aztec tribes, all that is where it originated from. Yes. So there you have it. Cacao, chocolate. Can't live without it. Most likely you have one today. Most likely you're giving somebody some chocolate. And all that came from our culture as far as the Latino culture. All that came from, you know, just them doing the thing that they do. And then all of a sudden just took his own journey. Everybody made it their own twist. They, they added their own everything. And all of a sudden we have what's called a very beautiful delicious thing that everybody enjoys that is not so healthy for you anymore but again dark chocolate still a real dark chocolate is very health uh, is healthy for you they recommend that to be if you're not so relaxed sometimes and you just want to chill and, and just have your a dark chocolate it's a little it's a little bitter but it's, it's helpful it's it's one of uh has a lot of antioxidants and things like that so if you ever want to just chill Chocolate, milk chocolate might be not the best thing, but the dark chocolate, if you're stressing out or whatever, just have your little piece, enjoy it. I know it's a little bitter, but then when you do that, and if you're a Latino, if you're not a Latino, then remember that all that happened because somebody back in the days somehow discovered that the cacao could be transformed into this beautiful thing that hundreds of years now we get to enjoy. There you go. So final pensamiento for that. So... 
the final thought for that is that, like, at the beginning, the, the cacao plant and the way that they did it and the way that they made it, they thought it was disgusting. They thought it was the worst thing over, you know. And then eventually, you know, they did, everybody put their part and it contributed, meaning that, again, like we talked before, a lot of the times just because people do certain things weird and different and we don't understand it of the way they doing it, it doesn't mean it's wrong. And it doesn't mean that the certain things that they do, we can't put our own thing on it or maybe contribute to the way that they do. Maybe we don't like it the way they do it. We don't, we don't understand it. We might not like it, but if we do our own thing to it, eventually we can come out with something great such as this, you know? For one like a, a period of time they really thought that this was some kind of like animal food but eventually they discovered that oh my god and now how, billions of dollars are made from chocolate billions of dollars just because we don't understand something doesn't mean that it is wrong or cannot make a difference in the world so let's be open-minded about it again remember we're just the spice in this global melting pot that we call the world. We are here to participate. We're just human. Latinos just like you. We do things a little bit different. And with that, we leave you with another contribution by the Latino culture to the globe. And that's the reason why this is called the Global Latin Factor. Until next time, we see y'all. Todos en este país.